I've never seen anything like it. And you never will again. 21st century genetic engineering will not only eradicate the Siamese twins and the alligator skin people, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find a, a slight overbite or not-so-high cheekbone. You see, I've seen the future, and the future looks just like him. Imagine going through your whole life looking like that. Welcome back to Queer Horror Cult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome. Um, we're getting deeper into that winter bullshit, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I say deeper into the winter bullshit in, like, huge scare quotes because it was actually, like, close to zero degrees today. And, you know, it's early December. We're going back into the positives. But, you know, climate change isn't real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a liberal Chinese conspiracy or whatever. <laughs> Jesus. To make Alberta oil a non-competitive in the market. Yeah, being in oil country while trying to navigate environmentalism is kind of wild. Mm. So we decided to take ourselves out of the current issues of bullshit <laughs> and take a, little, take a little trip back to the early 90s. I pitched this at you mainly because I wanted to rewatch the movie Freaked from 1993. That was like... So I'd actually pay attention. That was like most... Yeah, yeah. Rewatch it so that you'd actually see the movie. To be fair, the last time we put it on, I was cooking. And I think it was like a pretty extensive meal. So it's like I was watching it from yeah. the kitchen. But I I remembered some like fucked up monstrous type so, people. So part of it did, and that was it. did kind of jog your memory. Yeah. Okay, okay. But I wouldn't, like, had you shown me pictures of the people in the movie, I wouldn't have been able to point them out and be like, oh yeah, that was this movie. I just knew they were, like, monstrous people. Right, right. So, we're going to look at what the fuck happened (laughs) in the 90s, where there was this weird kind of surrealist... Nonsensical, absurdist... Yeah. The the thing that that I was thinking of is there's, uh, on Twitter, there's a lot of discourse around that skit from SNL, that Lonely Island bit. Um, That's, what's the the skit? It's like, "Mm, what you say? Yeah, the the one with the Imogen Heap sample, where they keep shooting, like, someone enters the room and they shoot them, and then they fall dramatically to the ground in slow motion to the, "Mm, what you say? But, yeah, that's always been described as, like... I think you told me that, like, you'd seen it described as the birth of absurdist millennial humor. Yeah, it's millennial even, Zoomer. Like, because yeah. I know it's sometimes associated more with, like, young millennials, cusp millennials, to, right. like, to, like, sort of er, beginning of Zoomers. Right, okay, okay, yeah. Because this kind of absurdist humor was, like, the backbone of that 90s bullshit. Like, right. I remember mad magazine growing up as a kid and and like this kind of stuff so i figured let's take a look at some of mm-hmm. that early stuff and um well and even before that you had like the dadaists and stuff so oh yeah not saying it's, 90s yeah but either. what i mean is it's, it's this weird like maybe it's kind of cyclical yeah cyclical absurdism you know maybe it's reactionary to the nihilism I'd like to think so. Because, you know, 90s nihilism's well-documented with the grunge movement and all that. So is contemporary nihilism. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> with the doomer-zoomers and the climate anxieties and just, like, yeah, so many people have resigned to this idea that it's like, well, we're fucked, so why bother trying? Yeah. And, and so in the face of that, you have this absurdism that's just like, we're gonna laugh and say stupid shit and who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, well, okay, we care, but, like... Not too much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that that the movie freaked in this kind of idea made me think of was the music that was coming out sort of end of the 80s, early 90s. Mm. Like, not the the only music or necessarily the the top 40 pop kind of music, but there was this weird run of bands and musicians that were just totally bad shit like i don't want to say neo-psychedelia because i'm not talking like flaming lips or anything like here but it has those like psychedelic leanings while just being like 
almost crass in their absurdity. <laughs> Just a little. I'm talking bands like uh, Butthole Surfers, um, touching on a bit of Dinosaur Jr., going into Primus, stuff like that. And so we kicked this off with some music video watching. Sure, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These were mostly, like, I, I just kind of curated some of my favorite, like, Yeah, you just, like, like type in some names, and we're like, yeah. I thought of this one. Yeah, so uh, we, we kicked this off with um, Butthole Surfers, who was in my room last night. off the bat that you were getting vibes of the movie freaked with a little intro animation of this like Mm -hmm. melting head that was just melting into itself yeah and it's sort of reminded me of those uh rat fink cartoons you know like the big like monster guy who's just sitting in like the hot rod car and he's got his hand on the thing and he's got the big monster face it's old school drawings somehow i am absolutely envisioning this yeah um... even though i don't really have a point of reference for it Ed Big Daddy Roth. Of course. Big Daddy. Seeing that style and specifically the, like, bloodshot eyeballs and shit that I'm having so many flashbacks to so many things from my childhood. Yeah. Specifically, I feel, like, ashamed saying this, but one of my favorite TV shows for a little while was this disgusting cartoon called Mega Babies. Mega Babies. I'm not familiar with Mega Babies. Okay, so Mega Babies was about there were these three babies, and um, the I think they're triplets. And if I recall right, on the night of their birth, the planets all aligned, and so they were given like superpowers. Okay. But their superpowers are like filling their diapers and whipping boogers around and being really strong and beating the shit out of people while shitting their fucking pants. <laughs> so, and I thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. So it's just like the the um, natural progression follow up to like garbage pail kids. Yeah, kind of yeah, like, honest. Yeah. And and really now that I'm reflecting on it, it's like this is like the '90s distilled. Oh man, that's one that we should. Uh, <laughs> like I was born into it. If we ever want to do a follow up on this topic, we'll have to watch the Garbage Pail Kids movie, one that I've never actually seen. Let's do but, it. Yeah, then it's... maybe let's even find some mega babies. Yeah. <laughs> so remember the theme song is like wah 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 Yeah, Just crying babies. Not familiar with it, but and they uh, had Nurse Laszlo, who looked over them. Looking at the art style, I totally see where you're getting at it. This right? is like a uh, less hot rod culture version of that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. this is the i'm baby version yeah but um i bring this up because it also goes into the art style behind the makeup effects and freaked for Mm -hmm. sure uh but with the music video who who was in my room last night we start with like this kind of art style going on and then it cuts this rockabilly greaser dude in this car driving around and it's got like the animated backgrounds and just this weird sort of punching you in the face with its aesthetic mm-hmm. but it's got this very loud aesthetic kind of thing yes. while hitting on this uh, surrealist tone and i felt like this was huge to so many music videos of the time period um but the art style in it kind of reminded me of these kind of movies mm-hmm. and as well as the content uh, right. I, I bet i'm making an extra link in my head because of the relationship between butthole surfers to the movie freaked sure were you familiar with this track at all? Because it, it was on Guitar Hero 2, and uh, I know I have, like, the 45 of it. Like, I said that yeah. if I ever had the, the means, I'd get a jukebox kind of thing, and this would be <laughs> one of the first ones to go in there. Any familiarity I had, I would have had with it would have been, like, the most basic, like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard you play this before. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> because I, my introduction to Guitar Hero was, was it 4? Is that Legends of Rock? I don't know. I don't know. So there was that the was... '80s one that came before that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that then was I the don't... one that came after two, before three. 
I think you're thinking Guitar Hero I'm thinking 3. Guitar Hero 3 then. I don't know yeah, if it was a four. That had like sabotage and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my that was my introduction to Guitar okay. Hero. So anything before that, like I played the eighties one a little bit, but right. my con- my of course my wireless controllers, they weren't working so well, so I never made it through that game. Ah, uh, I see. I, I made see. it through three, like many a times. Yeah. <laughs> but right. yeah, no, I was um and then I was familiar, like, I knew the butthole surfers exist because of you. Right. It's that was about it. Funny, um, I got into their music just after my parents moved to London, mm-hmm. and it was so much easier to get the CDs and for a good price through the UK than it was through uh, Canada. Interesting. So I was getting my dad to order them, right. and then he was just bringing them home, and I think his, like, fucking analytics are still fucked up. Like, it's all these <laughs> recommendations for the weirdest garbage, and it's like, it's because of those fucking butthole surfer CDs. <laughs> uh, I love messing up responsible yeah. actual adults analytics with shit well you know they had uh, such wonderful album titles as like a, a locust abortion technician and stuff <laughs> like that so did you and they're really they're kind of edgy and like crass you were saying yeah really? are you sure yeah, that sounds no. so respectable but the the music itself also had kind of like psychedelic leanings in the guitar solos and the the form of the music but with this with Butthole Servers particularly, it almost had, like, a weird rockabilly thing going to it, mm-hmm. while just being sort of, like, batshit. And I don't think it got more batshit than their 1991 cover of Hurdy Gurdy Man. Listen to that and watch that video. And compare it to the original. Histories of ages past, unenlightened shadows cast. Down through all eternity, the crying of humanity. Tis then when the hurdy-gurdy man comes singing songs of love. Then when the hurdy-gurdy man comes singing songs Yes, and uh, different take, that's for sure. Yeah, different take. Uh, it was that video, it just kind of reminded me of that, that uh, sort of MTV aesthetic of mm-hmm. around the time where it was just like, let's just be as bonkers as we fucking can. And you know, this features scenes of like people barbecuing steaks, wearing dog masks, smoking a bunch of weed and hotboxing a little uh, Volkswagen bug while this puppet yells at them and Mm -hmm. just stuff like that. And it's taking, like, these little images of, like, Americana and stuff that were sort of big and popping off in the hippie movement Mm -hmm. of psychedelia, but it's sort of doing this, like, nihilistic 90s, like, it's the dick and fart joke version of that. Yes. Which I think kind of sums up butthole surfers in a very... (laughs) And MTV yeah. in the 90s, at least. And if we're talking, like, uh, sort of, like, 90s dick and fart jokes, like, let's be crass and crude with it, then you can't go wrong thinking of, like, the cramps. Right. Which, um, we watched uh, a bit of the music video, uh, like a bad girl should, as mm-hmm. well as the music video for um, Creature from the Black Leather Lagoon. You better ask my mama how to make a monster. Yeah, 
they're both just like you know those titles alone it's just they're wearing like the sex appeal quote unquote just like on their sleeve just it's at the forefront the appeal is the part that's in quotes yes yeah i think that's fair that's fair it is it is unabashedly horny yeah whether or not it appeals that's your prerogative yeah lux interior and poison ivy were both horny on main is basically what you could say yeah um absolutely because like like a bad girl should in the first verse we see in the video like she's like spits on the coffee table with him underneath it then he's just like licking the glass mm-hmm. kind of thing while he's like singing about her ass like what is it the very first line is i love your ass that sounds right and it's just like oh jesus christ horny on main much yeah <laughs> Like a bad girl should. No, there's so much of what we encountered this week that it's like so much edgelord shit that mm-hmm. was probably shocking at some point, but I'm just so numb now because it's just, it's just it, so yeah. blasé. Yeah. Like this, I mean, I know for them it's very tongue-in-cheek, their husband and wife, like there's right. a whole dynamic going on that goes a bit beyond maybe some of the other stuff that you find out there. Right. But it was just kind of bringing me back to that whole idea of like, you know, you have your backlash 80s politics, backlash against feminism, civil rights, all these things. Right. And then in the 90s, you start to see some emergence. You have Riot Girl, you have third wave feminism and these kinds of things. But then you also have the Spice Girls and this whole idea of post-feminism where it's like, well, we're all equal now. So. Yeah, right. And this like neoliberal brain poisoning with like choice <laughs> discourse. And like, well, I'm choosing to do it. So it's empowering and it's empowering right. because I choose to do it. So just this like that sort of raunch culture even yeah, like i know yeah, that started yeah. more with like playboy and stuff but this is just it coming to beyond the you know adult entertainment yeah. down to fucking mtv on this small screen yeah. idiot box in your living room yeah for sure for your family and kids to see like i would probably thinking of bands i would the, the cramps would be one of the last bands i would call empowerment i would just call <laughs> it not necessarily because it's like, you know, the whole, like, it's okay because I'm doing a thing. I, I think, if anything, it, it kind of dices the issue of, like, what is this problematic content? Because sure. as opposed to, like, you know, just, like, the oversexed rockabilly thing that it's riffing on kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like, okay, well, what happens if we take this punk rock approach? and we Yeah, have... like, that's what I mean. Like, it's very tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be like, the cramps are problematic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't fucking care. But <laughs> as far as, like, the empowerment thing goes, I, I get what you're getting at. But this band is definitely, like... I would be shocked if they're like, yeah, we're we're so empowered. Yeah, no, they'd be like, are you kidding me? It's not that deep. Like, yeah, we're, we're just having fun. You know, we're talking about the band where like the the dude uh, Lux Interior would always like fuck up singing the vocals because he'd start filleting the microphone and stuff like right, that. Right, exactly. You know, it's just like let's just be real horny with it and like yeah. in this uh, really aestheticized kind of way. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, they're funny, and I've I haven't engaged with them much, but I like have enjoyed what i have yeah it's funny too because there's some some interesting musicianship at work too where it's just like if it was just a one note joke and nothing to it Mm -hmm. it would be like one of those novelty acts that you know they'd have a song and then follow the way it'd be totally forgettable yeah yeah like i think if there was a lot of those bands in the 90s where it was just like they had their hit and like you know i think they would argue that no no we were real bands and all that stuff but you know, the joke kind of fell flat. Like, mm-hmm. I think one, for example, in my mind, a bit later was uh, Bloodhound Gang with that song, um, uh, The Bad Touch, I think it's called. The one where it goes, like, you and me, baby, ain't nothing with mammals. So let's do it like they do on the oh, Discovery Oh, okay, yeah. Do, 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 yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. They have other songs, like, you know, Odes to Porn Stars and, like, in other a very songs? male gazy kind of way. And, like, just stuff like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it fucking exactly. Like, I remember yeah. when that song blew up because it's like, oh, my God, it's so, like, 
you know, it was a it was a precursor to like the kind of humor that was in the first scary movie. Exactly. Sort of you know, I remember kids like you know late elementary school being like, oh, do it like they do in the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I mean, sex. <laughs> so exactly. I remember even then, and maybe this says more about me, but my favorite line in that whole song was when he says, let's do it doggy style so we can both watch X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never actually really listened to that song. I was just, I, I knew mm. it existed, but yeah. there's also a six year difference between us. So you yes. would have, you know, I was born into it, whereas you were already like semi-conscious. Yeah. Conscious. That's a one way to put it. Yeah. Semi, uh, semi-sentient. Yes. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, no, my, I don't know, my, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a 90s baby, but my experience of the 90s is largely, like, Pokemon and Digimon and YTV and Teletoon and yeah, so weird, so, like, all the weird stuff came from, like, weird toy yeah, advertisements. Yeah, your 90s was the late 90s, yes. whereas my 90s was the early 90s. Exactly, kind of I was born to the early 90s. Like, so. YTV was huge for me, too, but I'm thinking of shows like The Zone with that weird purple monster face. I remember The like, Zone Yeah, yeah, with school. Bill, yeah. <laughs> Watch fucking reboot on the zone and shit like that. Are you afraid of the mark? Are you afraid of the mark? (laughs) Are you afraid of the dark? I'm I'm afraid of Mark. Um, (laughs) You're afraid of the dark. Uh, What freaky stories? Like Teletoon for me. Okay, okay. But yeah, it was. um, I mean, YTV. It was just like right there in the title. It's just riffing on MTV, but it's like the kid, the young version of MTV kind of thing. I guess to segue into the movie. there was one other band we looked at some videos for. We looked at some Primus vids. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely had that kind of, like, batshit what-the-fuckery, both musically and visually, that yes. just felt so freaked. Like, we watched the video for Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Yep. out in those fucking like rubber costumes that make them look like i think the idea was to look like cowboy action figures but they'd all come <laughs> to life and were playing in a band so it was weirdly uncanny and yeah. like yeah just cartoonish yeah and then the lyrics are like hinting at that kind of like edgy kind of thing like mm-hmm. you know like we we all get the innuendo going there 100%. but then when you actually listen to the lyrics beyond the innuendo it's like you don't stick to the joke very far this just gets weird <laughs> yeah exactly which is kind of great because, like... Yeah, it's easy to make, like, a dick and fart joke. For, it is. For and, like, people minutes. take sex way too seriously. So to be able to say, like, it's absurd and we're, like, making it even more absurd mm-hmm. is, is kind of great. It's refreshing, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, because, like, I always see these fucking, like, dumb shit pseudo-intellectuals trying to be, like... Oh, yeah, we need to justify the oppression of women and, like, gay people and stuff because sex is dangerous. It's like, no fucking cishet men are dangerous. It's <laughs> stupid. Like, sex is just sex. Who fucking cares? You're giving it so much clout. Exactly. It's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> you're, impl- you're putting all this meaning on it. So I, I have to say, while you're, be- you know, being surrounded by it and just, like, bombarded with it, with a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. I like that they're also be like, yeah... Who fucking cares? It's absurd. It's stupid. Yeah. Let's just go with it and have fun. And it's like, sure, okay. Yeah, and I think the same carries over to the other video we watched, uh, Tommy the Cat. Wow. 
where it's the story about this tomcat who seems to be like a sex symbol kind of thing, but it's literally the lyrics are about like this, what do they call him, an awesome prowling machine who's just like chasing rats in the alley kind of thing. And it's just being very literal with it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're thinking tomcats, but it's like we're literally talking about a fucking cat that lives in an alley exactly. and does cat things all day long. And it's just taking that sort of like alpha male construct to like the illogical extreme yeah we're like talking about fucking alley cat man yeah and uh that video is interesting because it's got a blend of the sort of cartoon Mm -hmm. animation that was going on with like fritz the cat kind of stuff where it was just let's take this uh form that's considered more for children at the time Mm -hmm. kind of thing and then let's make it real horny for adults and they're definitely riffing with that in uh, this one, uh, but also because this song was featured at the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, right. which was, uh, you know, Alex Winter did Freaked and starred in that. It all so comes full circle, baby. Calls, comes uh, full circle, yeah, Six yeah. Six degrees of separation from Alex Winter. Yeah. So with uh, Alex Winter in mind, uh, one other thing we watched outside of the movie was his very short-lived show, The Idiot Box, <laughs> which was, uh, it was this MTV show that, like most MTV shows of the era was a vehicle for showing music videos. Mm -hmm. Like, it would just be... It was, like, actually 10 minutes worth of show for presumably a half-hour time slot. Right. And uh, it's kind of like the Beavis and Butthead route, where it's like, here's some original content, and then all of a sudden music videos happen, and Mm -hmm. then we'll go back to the original content. And the original content is fucking stupid. Oh, it's so... Which is the point. Yeah. So... But I just wanted to add that in, yeah. in case that wasn't clear by comparing it to Beavis and Butthead. It's yeah. fucking stupid as shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it, it reminds me, this in particular reminds me of that sort of, like, absurdist, sort of Lonely Island humor kind of yeah. thing. Where it's just like, let's just be real weird with it in a way that's nonsensical, but to get mm-hmm. laughs. And this is just an early 90s version of that. That is so true. Because I was going to say, it's, it's like way more extra, but I'm like, no, the Lonely Island's pretty extra. It's just in like a different way. Yeah, different kind of thing. Like, But I can't quite ex- iterate how. Yeah. Like this kind of, we were talking about like the Doom Generation take mm-hmm. on the 90s. It feels like put that veneer, th- uh, like Lonely Islandify that, and you come out with the idiot box. Sure. And, um... This one had so much of the aesthetic of Freaked, mm-hmm. like, down pad, the intro credits was the same kind of claymation style, yep. um, same kind of humor, like, you know, just oddball jokes. It's almost like that airplane approach to humor, where it's like, if we just keep coming with the jokes nonstop, it doesn't matter if they all land. We yeah, just need to land, land eventually. A, we have to land enough of them to keep the show going. Exactly. Yeah, it was... Like, the ad for it we watched, it was just kind of sets up the whole, like, MTV mindset they had going into it, where it's Alex Winter telling you to watch his show, because if you don't, the clown will run over his head. And then runs over it anyway. Yeah, like, like, watch the show. It's what Alex would have wanted. <laughs> I love the fucking bleak list, like, there. It's like, watch the show. It's what Alex would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I love the kind of gallows humor mm-hmm. that play there. But okay, so... Because of this show, um, Tom Stern and Alex Wonder, the creators behind uh, Idiot Box, were able to pitch to Fox the movie Freaked. <laughs> it was originally called Hideous Mutant Freaks with a Z kind of thing. Of course. And Very 90s. I believe one of the original ideas when they're going to a movie was going to be to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with the butthole surfers. <laughs> And that kind of says it all. Like, we watched his movie, Entering Texas. Yes. Which was uh, another preamble to this kind of thing, where it's just the butthole servers doing crude fucking things for, like... Yeah. Like, you know, one of them is jerking off into the barbecue, the soup that they're making, and then when it cuts to it, the jizz congeals to write Satan in the soup. And that's the kind of shit that I was talking about, like, some, like, prime edgelord shit, but I'm just so numb. Uh (laughs) I'm just like, wow. When did this become normal? I hate it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, this was definitely edgy at some point, but where that point was is lost. It's in the distance somewhere. Yeah, it's so, it's so quaint now. Yeah. But uh, that that was kind of off of that relationship. They were going to pitch this movie, and mm-hmm. they, could, they could get traction. So they brought in, uh, I believe, Tim Burns to help rewrite the script. And they uh, eventually came up with what would be Freaked. And they pitched it to 20th Century Fox. And the dude who was the executive for the, for the Fox company at the time fucking loved it and gave them $12 million to make this movie. Holy shit. And then... 
while they were making it, he got fucking fired for greenlighting too many weird movies. <laughs> and then the new guy that followed up fucking hated Freaked, cut their funding, and that's why it became like a straight-to-video kind of thing. Oh. Um, because uh, cause, like we watched the trailer, and it's like coming to theaters everywhere. And I believe yeah. it was a very limited theater release that then like left a <laughs> language on the video shelf. Yeah. Uh, this movie opens much like the Idiot Box opens with this animation style that was very um, reminiscent of that Ed Big Daddy Roth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the whole rat think drawing kind of yeah. thing where you've got this face that's morphing kind of thing and like, you know, it's like it turns into a skull, his eyes bug out, then another face forms and it's just this very psychedelic kind of thing. I believe what they did for the animation style is it was a style where you'd make a huge block of clay mm-hmm. and you would just slice off layers of it and photograph it mm-hmm. so the animation was made into this long piece of clay and it's just like <laughs> chopping it down kind of thing and it's just like That's wild how fucking amazing at this kind of shit do you have to be to be able to pull that thing no off kidding. like like Jeez. i can't even wrap my head around how one would do that but. wow and then the music that's playing is by the band Blind Idiot God with uh, Henry Rollins doing voca- vocals. Mm-hmm. And this song was my alarm on my phone for years. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I would wake up to the uh, freaked song. I know, doesn't it? Um, so this was technically a second time watch for you, but <laughs> yeah, you we'll did not that. even slightly remember it. Monsters. Yeah, Freaks. that's it. What did you think of this? It was fun. It was supremely cursed. Yes. In a yeah. very, like, period piece kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we talked about Doom Generation as a a period piece of the 90s, but made during the 90s. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could describe that as freaked as well. But a, a very different... A different on a, a different end Somehow of the a very different 90s, yet yeah. t- yet adjacent. Yeah, it only came out related. two years before Doom Generation. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Like, they're so tonally different, but they're at the same time, like, two two sides of the same coin Yeah, kind of it's thing. like Freaked is upping the absurdity, whereas Doom Generation is upping the nihilism mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, they both have both baked into them. They but... are a dialectic interesting (laughs) um do you want to maybe get into the plot yeah we have um alex winter playing ricky coogan that's right playing uh this very archetypal kind of 90s dude who's like a pompous fucking asshole douchebag who like i love that you say this 90s dude because they talk about movies he was in like you were a big fan of the or it's like everyone's a fan of your ghost dude movies you have the whole nation going boo dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like popular but an asshole so not quite yeah and um being a corrupt rich dumb shit he agrees to get on board with the everything but shoes yeah everything everything except shoes that's it everything except shoes and it's just like that's that's like straight out of a mad magazine right totally yeah and they have this like you know horrible like agent orange type fucking pesticide that is banned in the u.s was it like zygon 34 that sounds right yeah Yeah, I i can't remember the name and they um, want him to help them market it in, like, South America. Yeah. In Santa Flan. Santa Flan, yeah. The patron saint the, of Flan. The patron saint of creamy desserts. Mm-hmm. Another one that's just, like, oh, effortless. Or what is it? Their spokesperson in from South America is just straight up Juan Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, no, that is not my name. It is like Enrico Martinez. It's like, okay. Okay. One. Yeah, and yeah. all of his music is like, duh. Yeah. So being 
a corrupt asshole. He's like, okay, I'll do it. Who gives mm-hmm. a shit? And uh, he pays for it. Yeah. I love the meeting where he's setting that up where <laughs> it kind of hits on both the sort of like hitting gags that are just kind of like in the background and not pointed attention to as well as the in your face. Mm-hmm. Like they're really trying to step on your balls with how fucking <laughs> yes, they absurd are. they're being. Like we've got the part where the spokesperson is going on the rant about how it's such a safe chemical and there's nothing to be worried about. Every time it cuts back, he's shrinking and shrinking <laughs> into this like becomes like smaller and smaller and they just hired like shorter and shorter actors kind of yeah thing. his face is changing but it's fine until i think they got the who is at the time the world's shortest man to mm. to play him like when he's like at the very end he's in the oversized Incredible. suit kind of thing but then for the, like the background jokes you also have like i think of his entourage <laughs> he just has those dudes around him one of them like he looks like a fucking like 80s wrestler guy with a sweatband <laughs> there's a dude who's like like a snake charmer and there's just all like this interesting cast of characters and it's like this is these are the guys that he just pulls around with them all the fucking time like these are the people i need with me they make him look cool okay yeah and then there's the troll the troll yeah okay so after he uh agrees to it they're gonna go to santa flan i believe to market yeah yeah do something and as they're on the plane his shitty friend who's you know very 90s because he's wearing a red hot chili peppers Mm t-shirt the whole fucking movie Mm -hmm. and looks fucking stoned all the time yeah Shows up, and they're just goofing on the plane when um, the flight attendant... Oh, fuck. Someone famous plays her. Morgan Fairchild. Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Plays the flight attendant. And... um, Plays the what? Flight attendant. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Love you. Plays the flight attendant, and um, at one point she's uh, poking around in the overhead compartment. And she's just like, is this your bag? Yeah. Is this your hideous mutant troll? And they just know, like, oh, no, Stewie, Glick. And it's like, it turns out Rick's super fan is this fucking little kid with these huge, like, Coke bottle glasses and buck teeth and ears. And massive and, ears know, and red hair, of yeah, course. Yeah, like, totally ginger and stuff. Yeah. And he's just, like, crying about how Rick's selling his soul to the evil corporation and all that kind of stuff. And he's fucking right. Yeah, he totally <laughs> is right. Um, but then as they're just, like, trying, like trying to reassure him that they're not they totally laugh when he biffs it and eats shit and gets sucked out of the plane and that kid goes through so much he goes through so much <laughs> like i love the shot after he falls out of the plane where it just shows that farm field and there's that huge haystack and you just hear ah as he's falling but then he biffs it into the ground next to him it's just like the best dummy shot ever <laughs> yeah. I'm okay, and then like his book or whatever comes down and smacks. Yeah, on hits him in the head. Extremely slapstick. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they arrive, and there are picketers. Yep, and one of them is a hot lady that he wants to get to know, so he has to go into some absurd disguise so they don't know that he's the one they're protesting. Yeah, and... his disguise is like what, like a full body. Cast yeah, he's wrapped up of... like a fucking mummy, <laughs> like Scooby Doo style disguise it works it does somehow and uh you trick the the lady and they're all gonna go to the protest together and then he gets angry and reveals who he who who he is when mm-hmm. she says that christian slater's a better actor <laughs> <laughs> or is it christian bale christian slater okay good christian bale was not big at this point yet. i didn't think so no. but then i'm like too many christians nope. christian i don't know slater. i don't know yeah okay cool and, uh, for whatever reason, they see signs for a fucking freak show and they're like, let's go on a detour yeah. there. Fuck the environment and fuck my paid gig of $5 yeah. million dollars or whatever. And, uh, they go in and, oh, the, the show's not ready yet, but we'll show you something really cool. And it's, uh, Randy Quaid plays <laughs> Elias Skuggs, the fucking freak, sh- freak show purveyor. Yeah, and it turns out that this was just a ruse to lure them in and turn them into freaks using Garbon Modonia 75. <laughs> the, the exact same chemical that uh, Ricky is going to rep is used to turn them into hideous mutant freaks. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the fucking jokes throughout this whole sequence are just, like... Like, my, one of my favorite pointless throwaway lines in the movie is when they just are strapped up and they see the chemicals like, Zygote 34! Hey, you're not supposed to have that! 
controlled substance. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's the concern. <laughs> um, and then what we get is a flip into some amazing fucking effects work. Yes. Like, this movie shines on its effects work. I think that's where most of the budget went. Yeah, did we were saying, like, like, 90% of the budget went to effects and, like, nine percent of the remaining went to keanu reeves playing an unrecognizable playing role Cortez, the dog boy <laughs> <laughs> she's like you know who that is yet he figured out i'm like i honestly can't know who the fuck is but it but you can totally hear it in his voice once you know where he's just like squirrel <laughs> um but the effects is done by multiple effects companies. One of the mm. standout ones that did the creature designs was Screaming Mad George, who does the effects work for Society, which... Which is, like, the effects work to end all effects work. Yeah, it's, um... <laughs> I love this dude's work. It's just oh, so yeah. tripped out. And I know, like, on Society, he... His inspiration for it was to recreate Salvador Dali paintings in makeup effects. And you see it because everyone's melting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is just taking that um, Rat Fink character design and doing that. Like when he mutates towards the end and he's the big mutant with the eyes shooting out of his head. Yeah. Or, and we see like the mutant troll kind of thing. Like that totally reminds me of like that style. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it's just for sure, for sure. But we get introduced to all these freaks, because he's apparently been making freaks forever, and they live in this, like, outhouse that's, like, the Doctor Who thing, where they go inside and it's gigantic. Um, and the freaks are amazing in this. Like, you have the giant worm dude, and it's just, like, this huge fucking earthworm mm -hmm. with a British face kind yep. of thing. Um, <laughs> British face. Oh, it's British true. face, yeah. <laughs> I didn't eat the macaroons. And then you have you have Mr. T as the bearded lady. And oh, his origins his are origins. her origin story, oh, I guess. fuck. So yes, funny. Yes. Just, <laughs> just like, I never used to always be like this. Shows up. He's this gruff trucker dude with, like, with the this biggest huge beard. beard who just rocks up, gets out of this big rig and just rocks up to uh, Skugs. And Skugs is just like, I think you'd be better without a dick. <laughs> and he goes, Arr! and he like raises his fist and he's like, oh, you can keep the beard though. And they just hug it he's out. Like, yeah. And he's like the, the, the one uh, freak who seems fine like, with the transformation. What, very well adjusted. Can we say that this is like an early example at pro-trans rhetoric right? where it's like going against anti-trans rhetoric where it's like you're mutilating yourself you're a you're just a freak you're fucking up your body like all that kind of gross stuff where it's just like yeah lump me in with all the freaks but i'm happy with who yeah I am, and i don't look at it that that's way. so wholesome yeah. yeah and then yeah of course you have mr t playing and he's like i'm in touch with my feminine side like you know, he doesn't even bother just, <laughs> just asking his voice. voice yeah so it's just like man I, we we love it we love a I was gonna say a king, a queen. We love a a, a, a queen. A, we we love a non. We love a sire who yes. who can my liege who can yeah. uh, you know says fuck passing or mm -hmm. all that bullshit. They're just like I. They're just like I'm happy to be who I am in the body I want. Yeah, just straight up like like um. I'm a woman and I like me. Yeah, yeah. It's just like we like you too. Yeah, and then of course. The guy's shitty friend and the feminist kind of, they get fused together into one body. So it's like two heads on one body. They're yes. sort of split down the middle. By feminist, you mean the protester. Yes. Well, I think but, this is kind of, there was, like you mentioned the backlash yeah, of the 80s. This exactly. was a good example of the backlash exactly. of the 90s against that sort of like third wave feminist. Oh yeah. It's, like, it's a fucking joke. Oh, you know much of women's liver then, are you? Huh? Like, yeah. 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 No, I was going to say like, I just wanted to clarify because I don't think we refer to her as a, as a feminist before but it is very central to the like yep. punching bag of the, the jokes yeah this, absolutely so. absolutely and uh, I felt like that that was kind of endemic in a lot of these like mm. things like like oh like I think uh, flexing with Monty you know a feminist are you <laughs> um, exactly yeah and so we have all these freaks and they have to perform for the freak show <laughs> and the fucking freak show is just 
I think maybe one of the best examples of why I wanted to look at these like butthole surfer music videos and all mm. stuff because you got butthole surfer guitar work going on in the background while you see all these oddities and stuff but it's stuff like the the carnival barker who will fart your weight kind of thing <laughs> or it's just like looks the person over it's like okay I think I got it then just holds a loudspeaker to their butt and starts farting like one two three and then it cuts away before we get much further than that. And we have the heavy petting yeah, zoo. Yeah, there's the petting zoo. and then The uh, heavy petting well, zoo. Well, first there's the petting oh, zoo, okay. and there's the dog that it's two dog asses stuck together kind of thing. Like, there's no front half of the dog. Oh. It's two back halves. And these kids are petting it. And then it pans over to the heavy petting zoo, and this dude is just fucking making out with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, fucking... I forgot there was even a this. normal petting yeah. zoo. Look at the that was, that was the joke. Zoo. It was, like, petting zoo. Heavy petting zoo. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is so crass. <laughs> But then uh, we see the freak show performance, and it's uh, like your typical kind of variety hour mm. sort of act thing. Yep. And uh, they're all getting booed because they suck <laughs> and all that. Oh, I love um, Mr. T's, though, as the, the bearded lady giving beauty tips. Yeah. And everyone's like, you see all these like big burly biker dudes and truckers in the audience just with their notepads out writing down notes furiously. Well, I mean, did you see the bearded lady's beard? <sighs> it was... It was Flawless. Sublime. Yes. <laughs> um, they want to call in the, the big guns so they get uh, Ricky Coogan as a freak. And let, let's point out that he's not a completed freak at this point. They ran out right. of the goo, so he's split down the middle where half of him looks like a fucking gremlin, and the other <laughs> half looks like his normal self. Yeah. And uh, kudos to Alex Winter for doing like so much of a movie with that makeup rig on no his face. No kidding. Because uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you know how he's like drooling the whole yeah. time? That's because of the makeup. That I, was They didn't add that in his effects. That was just him drooling because of the makeup. Authentic. His mouth <laughs> yeah. is like wide open yeah, all the time. Yeah, open all the time. Yeah, just an invisible gag ball. Yeah. Ball gag. Whoops. Gag ball. Gag ball. <laughs> gag ball gag. It's like those exploding uh, golf balls kind of thing. And he comes out and he's learning to embrace the difference of being a freak mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so he's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to win their hearts over because being different, it shouldn't be seen as like a sideshow disgusting thing. And there's like this nice little life lesson baked into it as he does his uh, Shakespeare soliloquy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one of the guys from the EES Corporation finally shows up to save him like he said they would. And he just says like, yeah, we don't like your new look. I don't think it's going to fly. So we're just ditching you from the company mm-hmm. kind of thing and after the dude calls him ugly he freaks out pulls his head off and then just starts killing people in the audience <laughs> while yelling like we blind see, rage like we see the dude with the eye like i sign just standing there with the sign stuck through his chest and blood springing <laughs> everywhere and it's um it's absurd this whole fucking movie is yes. absurd like the escape attempt that comes afterwards <laughs> where the milkman is walking up and he's like locked into the uh outhouse first off he's trying to get the hatch in the back of the outhouse open and i love where it says fire exit above the hatch and he goes to open it and it's locked and he goes hey that's illegal <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as he's trying to get his way out of there the fire uh, the firefighter jesus christ the uh, milkman rocks up and he's just like hey come here i want to show you something he's like what I just took a dump that looks exactly like Kim Basinger. He's like, ah, that's not the first time I've heard that before. <laughs> and then when he, like, sneaks him in, you just hear the milkman go, like, hey, that's just a regular old turd. <laughs> As he steals his outfit Scooby-Doo style. He steals his outfit Scooby-Doo style. And runs into all of the other freaks trying to escape wearing milkman disguises <laughs> like the whole group of them are doing the exact same thing and it's all together <laughs> and they're upset that he's getting in on their territory because they think that a dozen milkmen while improbable is not impossible but 13 is just absurd <laughs> and uh so we get a knife fight between um cortez the dog boy aka keanu reeves and uh, ricky coogan and it gets broken up by the rastafari's <laughs> where the fucking, like, giant Randy Quaid head that's spinning constantly in the middle of the uh, park, the eyeballs pop out of its mouth and then run around with uh, machine guns and smoking joints through their pupils. And the hardest you left in the entire movie, the entire movie, was when the uh, rest of our eyes are going after the troll at the end, and he just grabs a handful of dirt and throws it at them. <laughs> and they're just like, ah, oh, my eye! Ah, <laughs> oh, my eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It just, it seemed so obvious, yeah. but it was so good. It's just a giant eyeball. What do you do? Throw sand in it. <laughs> just put a fucking poke them and shit. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that was just so 
dumb and so like oh i don't even know yeah yeah i laughed and i've been like trying not not to audibly laugh while i've been thinking about it sitting here for the last (laughs) couple minutes oh fuck um ultimately we get a showdown sort of like a three-way showdown between the everyone except shoes people um scugs and the freaks because he wants to use the chemical that is actually being produced by the ees corporation this whole time well we know that there are like reps for it but they know about the mutant the side effects quote-unquote um he wants to use it to complete the freakization of coogan and have him kill all the other freaks, and then he'll rise from the ashes as the ultimate freak kind of thing. Yeah. But all the uh, executive dudes are just, like, so not into it. They want to steal it to make, like, what, like, the perfect worker. And I love when they're describing the perfect worker where it's like he's got, like, eight arms, four legs, doesn't need to sleep, and has no butthole kind of thing. They're just <laughs> describing it. And then it cuts to the construction guys who helped bring the machine in, and they all just look horrified, like, wait, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But we get this big showdown, and it just turns into, like, a fucking monster mash. Like, this made, mm-hmm. this felt so Mad Magazine to me. Like, just these uh, big rubber puppet guys throwing down. They had, like, pro wrestling jokes going. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they melt down the everyone except shoe guys into a giant meat shoe that looks absolutely <laughs> fucking horrifying. Yes. Like, the meat shoe was so horrifying. Like Lady Gaga meat dress hoomst. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, that meat shoe. <laughs> And then on top of that, this whole story is bookended by Coogan telling a story on a late night show. It's almost like a Jerry Springer-esque kind of thing. And that struck me as so super fucking 90s, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that was, like, remember when, like, Maury and Springer and all that shit was all the rage? Oh, yeah. Um, Those daytime talk shows. And that's what we have bookending this uh, ridiculous story. And it's not very intrusive, but then they do call it out pointedly. Like, we're getting to the big climax of the movie. And she's just like, I just want to point out you've been talking for 90 minutes and we really need to go to commercial. And they just have this fucking commercial spot out of fucking nowhere that makes that is more of that absurdist humor mm-hmm. kind of thing. Exactly. Like, what is it? Like, machismo? Yeah. Do you like man- being a man? Do you like cheese? You need machismo. It's true, I do. (laughs) Fuck, this movie is insane. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it as far as what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah, what you said. (laughs) How do you think this stacks up to absurdist comedy of the now? Oh, that's tough. I think part of me wants to say some of the stuff now is more, like, sophisticated, for lack of better word. Okay. In other... But... The other part of me is like, no, there are still like, it, it depends. There, there are different branches of it now, I think. Right. Like there's the completely nonsensical where like, you don't know why you're laughing at it because it literally doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's some of it you're laughing at it because like, it kind of does make sense. It's like, oh, that's like, you know, dad joke type shit. Yeah. And there's some of it that's like, oh shit, that's actually really clever. It's yeah. fucking stupid and like absurd and like all these things, but that's actually, wow. Right. Dang. Like, so like it, there's, it comes in varying degrees. Whereas this was very like, I don't want to say one note, but it was like, oh yeah, digging balls. And I felt like the in your face stuff was very one note, but then yeah, like, like yeah, it yeah, also, yeah. like I mentioned the airplane thing where it was yes. just firing on all cylinders for the entire runtime that there was all these other things hidden in there that kind of elevated it for me because yeah, like I, 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 I think it is one note in a way that if it was just that it would get tired exactly. way faster. But it's not, so, like, it goes beyond that. It includes that, but it goes beyond that, too, so I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes it work. Yeah. And this whole, like, sort of, like, random humor thing, it was, there, that, remember when that was a big thing, sort of, between the absurdity of the post-Lonely Island stuff and the absurdity of the 90s, where it's just, like, Invader Zim and just, like, saying random things. That's so random. so random. Like. That was extremely, like, 2005. yeah. Yeah. But I'm wondering, what's the difference? Like, what makes the the stuff from the Freaked Era and the stuff of today so palatable compared to that? Because, like, I was alive during each of these, and I liked the Freaked End of thing. I like the stuff going on now, but during that era in between, I was so over it. Part of it might be the calling attention to its, like, trying to be random, maybe? But also, I don't remember people being like, like, I, I remember... 
like <laughs> practically like cyberbullying someone over like Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, am I learning some things about you now, am I? What did they say? They're like on their like fucking Nexopia profile. This is telling you how long ago this was, oh, but they're like, man. my favorite word is this. Isn't that random? I am so random. And I was just like, I hate you. I don't think I actually <laughs> said that. Like I, I don't think I actually cyberbullied them, but I was like this close. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to issue all my ethics just I to cyberbully you I mean, because I hate this. Okay, we were all cyberbullies back. Like, we, I was cyberbullied. I cyberbullied back. Like, it, it like just happened. I feel like the dawn of social media and the internet was just people being cyberbullies at each other. Exactly. And now it's just like Twitter.com. It's just how you, it's just how you roll. Yeah, it's just got a new, it's like they built the Thunderdome and it is Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, before it was the wastelands of Mad Max 1 and 2, and now it's like you get fucking Barter Town with the Thunderdome, and that is Twitter.com. There you go. But yeah, I don't know, maybe there's something different about, like, just, like, being random versus, like, having to be like, look how random I am. Hey, did you, like, like putting effort into it? Like, Where it's calculated and no longer actually random? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Well, it's because I don't find the, I I don't think the the humor seems random for how absurd it is, but I don't think the humor itself is random. No, it's very stylized and very intentional and constructed and yeah. It's just that it's so off the wall that you kind of like, it's like, oh, that was random. Yeah, like it's bizarre, but it's not like random in the same way the word random has taken up that connotation. Yeah, it reached a point where it really was the extent of the humor was what can we do that is quote unquote random. Yeah, unexpected or whatever. And it's like a lot of the 90s stuff was unexpected because it, you know, flaunted convention like, don't talk, you know, don't make fart jokes and polite humor. All Mm -hmm. we're gonna say is fart jokes. And shit like that. And like edgelord shit, whereas the other stuff was like, uh, broccoli. Huh, isn't that random? Like, there's, that's not funny. It's not funny. It will never be funny. You should just, like, sit down, Sharon. It's not funny. Exactly. <laughs> sit down, Marissa. It's not funny. <laughs> Marissa's the one I almost cyberbullied, but I held back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> T- turns out that you almost cyberbullied Marissa Paternoster. And now no, 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 no. Very different. Okay, good. Because, very, very different. Because I will, I will lay down my life. I know. You're like, <laughs> you will catch these hands, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I I love this movie, and I do not know why. Yeah. Like, I, I just... I think it was... Part of it was nostalgic, because, like, we rented it when I was a kid mm. kind of thing. Like, when I was growing up in Australia, I saw this. We went and got it from the whatever Hollywood video or whichever right. one it was. Okay. Video easy. Like, video <laughs> letter E, letter Z. Mm. And um, we... Uh, yeah, it, like, blew my mind then, and then I kind of forgot it existed until it got a DVD release. Got and it. it was... Uh, nice callback to something that just loved when I was little. Yeah, it's it's so, like, I'm curious about how I would have reacted to it had I seen it when, like, when I was younger like mm-hmm. that and then came back to it. Because now it's, it's this weird mishmash of, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, in, when I took Sociology 100 and we had to watch this, this weird, like, documentary about, like, the 90s and pop culture MTV and that kind of stuff and all these archetypes and everything. I was like... This is that. <laughs> wow. That's like funny. Alex Winter, this is that was him that yep. this was talking about, or at least the male archetype. But at the same time, it's also like, fuck it, it's fun. Yeah. I'm going to turn off my critic brain and just be like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Can I also throw out there that Alex Winter is G is all fucking Yes, hell? he is. Like, Thank you, on King. On Twitter.com, since we've been talking about it yes. so much. Uh, just like, you know, with the Me Too stuff, just being like, so anti-rapist like yeah, he's just, fucking killed them like, all yeah though you know he's, he's big on the whole like oh yeah you know everyone's worried about like the consequences of being accused of rape as if these men like harvey weinstein and all of them have faced any consequences yeah. and it's like thank you yeah thank you so much and then of course he's uh doing a uh, bill and ted three hell yeah year. i'm thinking um when that comes out we'll have to do an episode about the three bill and ted movies yes we will i think that'd be a good way to go yes that'll be one of our dalliances away from horror just because i mean it's got cult appeal yeah 100 percent. i look at the uh first two bill and ted movies as cult classics and Absolutely. i think that's probably the merit that has made the third one possible being, yeah. exactly well, thanks again while uh, we do a, a little sort of... I don't know if I want to say nostalgia trip because I hate the connotations of that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm so fucking done with the 80s. The 80s ruined nostalgia more than it already was. I think nostalgia ruined the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I think Reagan ruined the 80s. Yeah. 
That's true. Ugh. Oh, I see what you mean. I was saying, like, nostalgia for the 80s, whereas you're just, like, no, like, the nostalgia Reaganistic bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, that was, that's gross, and that makes, like, nostalgia, like, a dirty word as far as I'm concerned, you know? <laughs> nostalgia is, is, a, is a dirty word on this podcast. Yes. Um, Except when it's not. Yeah. And we trust you know the difference, dear yeah, listener. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for joining us on this. This was def- definitely on the cult side of things. Oh, yeah. um, before we go, we do have some recommendations. We're talking absurd 90s movies. And uh, since we did something from the early 90s, I figured my recommendation would be what that kind of morphed to into the late 90s. And I want to recommend uh, Being John Malkovich by Spike Jones Because that movie is out to fucking lunch. Yes, it is. Like, that movie is just so ridiculous. And, uh, but it's got that sort of, like, coolness almost associated with the 90s that, that is, uh, different from Freaked, rather being loud and brash in your face. It's, it's got that late 90s edge to it that, Mm -hmm. that it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, but, you know, like, we're talking the year where we had, like, Fight Club and The Matrix and stuff like that. Like, if you know, you know. You know. (laughs) Um... And then also, uh, Spike Jones was a music video director before he, he was right. a skateboard video director, went into oh, music videos. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, Natural you know, progression. the Sonic Youth video, uh, 100%, there's the, uh, skateboarding clips in it. And that was directed by Spike Jones. I'm going to say yes, cause I've okay. probably seen it. Okay. <laughs> um, he did that. Yeah. 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 video for Y control where all the kids are trashing yes, the place. That like, I have. Fucking rules. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it was that sort of progression from, like, like you know, if we have, like, absurdist music videos into an absurdist movie for Freaked, we've got the sort of cool music videos into a cool movie with uh, Being totally. John Malkovich. But still a little bit absurd, but in a more, yeah, like, in a different but, but they're being cool yeah. about it. It's like, yeah. oh, what, whatever, man. Yeah, plus that movie's just fun. Like, I highly yes. recommend it. Yeah, so exactly. That's going to be seen my recommendation. Ages, yeah, so. I haven't seen it. I think last time I saw it was when Did we you watched watch it. it with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're due for a rewatch. Let's do it. Cool. I'm also going to go later, mid to late 90s, with um, the one for sure. Oh, no, now that I'm saying this, I'm others are coming to mind about absurd 90s movies that I remember mm-hmm. growing up with. But the one that probably was most influential on me would have been 1997's Spice World. Spice World. I, I still have big not Spice seen Girls Spice Girl. World. And I feel like oh my God, I need to, to remedy watch this it. because of uh, how much you've talked about it. We, need, we yes. should do like a rock and roll movie thing like do movies based around bands we could do rock yes. and roll high school do spice world oh my god let's do it uh maybe if we want to do a third dude wild zero which is that japanese punk band guitar wolf oh yeah but yeah because i was thinking because I, I actually i had to like i googled like weird 90s movies because like yeah. oh my god what do i recommend and like this was one of the first ones on the list i'm like it is fucking weird, and we just we just accepted it. We're like, oh, they meet aliens. Okay. <laughs> Richard O'Brien comes out of the toilet as a paparazzi? Sure, this seems probable. Like, we just went with it. Now here's a hot take. Maybe Richard O'Brien should go back into the fucking toilet. Ooh. That's the tea. Yeah, transphobia wears me thin. Yeah, 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 yeah. While being, like, gender non-conforming yourself, like... Yeah, there's an extra la- layer. It's like, is that self-loathing? Like, what's or is, going Or on? do those boots just taste real good? <laughs> um, those kinky fucking boots. Yeah. <laughs> just while you're down there, it's just like you're, all the stuff you're saying is making your breath stink like shit, so peel off a little gum from the bottom of that booth while you're down there. You yeah. need it. We're, we're calling him a boot licker, if you couldn't guess. Yeah. <laughs> boot licking the transphobic patriarchy yeah but anyway that aside uh cool <laughs> spice world that sounds fun it is fun now do we have to watch it on vhs or do you have a dvd copy of i'm this? pretty sure i have both okay nice. i mean by me like it my sisters would be the ones to be like it's ours thank you i mean the, okay. okay the vhs was mine the dvd i'm sure is like they like found it on ebay or something and right. bought it kind of th- or they, they found it somewhere and were like we're buying this so okay. i'm sure they regard it as theirs but i'm also sure they would love for you to see it okay well and would we'll lend maybe it have to, to go over watch or, or uh <laughs> borrow it or something totally cool well thanks again that's gonna do it for us this week and as per usual if you dig what we're doing maybe give us a rating on itunes or does stitcher even do ratings Probably, don't they all? Most places do ratings, but you know, rate us. uh, 
rate, like, and subscribe, you know, that whole <laughs> shtick. Like, comment, and subscribe, please. And, uh, you know, tell your friends, share the love. Um, yeah, until next time, though. Mm, uh, take it easy. Hey, tell your friends, share love, take it easy, and keep it sleazy, as, as one does. Yep. Yeah.